DJ Thomas, and you're listening to Frequency Interrupted. Okay, what's up, podcast? So today I have Barbie Thomas on. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. It's nice to meet you. Um, so, Barbie, as everyone can see, and people who are listening may, may not be able to, um, you lost your arms when you were two years old, correct? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> what? Oh, I haven't found them since. <laughs> well, um, it's awesome that you can be positive about that. And that's kind of why I wanted to get you on and, you know, get your insight on, you know, what you've been through in your life and everything. So um, can you tell me kind of how that started? Basically, do you even remember the accident happening and, you know, what happened and, you know, anything like that? I know what I've been told. I don't remember. I mean, I was two and a half years old. So, um yeah, I don't remember all that. I do remember a nurse that called me Twinkle Toes, and I do remember the wheelchair that I was in for a short time for some reason. That's about it. But um, yeah, my uh, my mom had gone to the grocery store. My dad was home with me. He was also watching my newborn brother, okay. um, and he was only a couple months old. Um, and I was playing around with some of the older kids right out front, right in front of our apartment, and we were climbing up the transformers to climb onto the dumpsters and then we were jumping off or I don't know if it's a dumpster, but whatever was there. Yeah. Um, and, but the transformer door popped open. So I grabbed onto the wires to climb up. Oh man. And so the electricity went in through my hands, through my arms, through my body and came out through my legs and my arms were so badly burned and charred really that they had to amputate them. They were dead. Um, there was damage to all of my organs, which repaired itself. I guess when you're that little, there's so much water around your organs that they, they can repair themselves pretty easily, I guess. Right. Okay. From what I've been told, I don't really understand all that, but, um, and then the electricity came out through my legs. So electricity has to have a point of entrance and a point of, exit and my legs that was the point of exit so i've got some burns on my thighs from that well so when that happened how long were you um how long were you down like in the hospital and, and all that what was the you know progression from that the accident until where you could get out and actually start functioning um well i first when i was in the in the emergency room and they amputated my arms and but they weren't sure that i was going to live first of all okay um, and they they told my parents that if i did live i'd i'd probably be a vegetable for the rest of my life that's and, correct yeah and um so you know we had a lot of people praying for me and you know my mom even prayed and just said god you know if if that's how my daughter's going to have to live as a vegetable, that's, that's no quality of life. Just take her home now to be with you. Right. You know? um, but she prayed, you know, how, there's always that negotiating time, you know, and she prayed and said, God, you know, if, if you let her live and let her be healthy, I, I promise I will make her into somebody. I will teach her how to be independent and I will, will make her somebody. And, um, he heard the prayers, you know, and I, I lived and, um, of course they didn't know how I was going to function without my arms. Uh, that later that night, I just learned this uh, a couple years ago. Um, you know, they, they were wondering how I was going to function and I, they came into the hospital room. It was about midnight. And now I know it was only about 12 hours after the accident. Um, 
which I think now is pretty amazing. But they, they came in the room and I, I put my legs out to give them a hug. What? I just instinctually kind of knew, oh, I guess I'm going to use my legs. So, um, and I'm like, wow, that's kind of cool. That was only 12 hours after the accident. Yeah, that's insane. That's so, smarter yeah. than I thought. No. <laughs> um, so then I was in the hospital for, I think, a couple of weeks and I was in a rehab center for a while. So I think a total of like three months that I was not at home. Um, okay. No. So, and then, well, I guess, so what point or what age do you remember earliest, you know, after that happened and basically, you know, remember start, you know, basically, you know, I mean, my, from what I remember, I think I can vaguely remember back to like preschool, like four years old or something. Yeah, that's about all I remember too. Yeah. I remember, I do remember one time when I did have arms, I don't know if I was with a friend or a babysitter or who, but I was laying, like laying on my tummy uh coloring with my hands okay so i remember that but that was before the accident um after the accident i don't know probably same thing preschool kindergarten it's just crazy to me that you know that happened after you were born you know and but you there was a transition time you don't remember where you did have them then you lost them but you're fully functioning now and i guess we can get into that so like as growing up as a kid i mean it has to i mean that's got to be a huge adversity and like going through school and dealing with other kids, is there, would you ever have to deal with people making fun of you or giving you? Oh, I'm yeah. Sure yeah. So kids are cruel. They, kids are mean. Of course. And, and I have to say that sometimes adults aren't any better. Um, but yeah, school was hard. And that was really, I don't think I learned to really accept myself until I went to college. So growing up in school was tough. I didn't know how to deal with the kids who were mean and, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I know they were just curious and I was different. And sometimes, you know, when you don't know how to handle something different, maybe you don't behave quite right when you're a kid, but um, they would, I, there was one boy who would always push me down in front of the water fountain because he wanted to see how I would get up. Oh my God. He would think after the first time he'd be like, oh, that's how she gets up. No, <laughs> he did it a lot, you know, and um, kids would What's make his fun name? Kick find him and kick his ass like tomorrow. I don't know. <laughs> there was a guy in high school. I do remember his name. You can go kick his ass if you want. Um, but uh, yeah, they would just be rude when I was eating lunch or you know, in junior high, junior high is the worst though for anyone. Yeah, I think it was kind of discovering them, set their identity and it's like insane bullying, yeah. you know, and jerks. Yeah. <laughs> so you feel like it was mostly boys and not girls. Um, I do think it was mostly boys. Um, yeah. Like when I was in junior high, there was one kid who I think he just had it out for me. I don't remember his name, but, um, you know, when you're, switching classes there are hundreds of kids in the hallway i mean it's like a herd of kids coming out of their classes and um he would knock my backpack off my shoulder because he knew i had to sit on the floor to use my feet to pick it back up and i couldn't with all the kids in the hallway so i'd have to stand there and just kind of watch my bag get kicked all over until i could get it and he thought it was hilarious he did that all the time and he would yell stupid stuff out of the bus window at me and and so you, know. you seem so positive you didn't have like no re retaliation traits back then you just kind of dealt with it or, i mean well. I, didn't, I didn't back then i had one friend who um her name's melody and we're still friends um and she kind of got me out of my shell a little bit because sometimes 
you know, I, I didn't, I didn't like being different. I didn't like people staring at me and watching me yeah. do things because I was using my feet. And she would say, who cares? Let them stare. Who cares if they don't like what they see? They don't have to look, yeah. you know? And she'd say, I'm not helping you do that. You can do it yourself. Who cares if they stare? What age was that? That was in junior high. That's when you know who has your back. You know, that's awesome. Right. And she did because there were that stupid boy who would yell dumb stuff out the bus window at us. She would yell right back. <laughs> I mean, I kind of learned. And, you know, my mom would tell me when I would, you know, I used to come home and I'd, I'd cry over some stuff. And there was, I remember at junior high, high school, I don't know. I would say, God, you know, everyone bumps into each other in the hallways, but when they bump into me, it's, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, they're really like babying me yeah. and I hate that. And she'd say, so bump, bump right back into them. <laughs> yeah. So I started doing that. And then, you know, I got a little, as I got a little older, I think I went too much the other way. I got a little too mouthy, a little too sassy, a little too kiss my assy. I don't know. Um, and I had to learn how to rein myself in and come to a happy medium. And well, know. so for you know, who's listening or watching may not know. So you basically do everything with your feet, um, like during developmental stages of like you know learning how to write and stuff like that. What was the difficulties there? Do you remember? Because I mean, there's no one around to teach you how to do those things. With you know, that's crazy to me. Like, how did you? How were you able to develop those skills to where you're living everyday life now by using your toes? Well, first of all, I have awesome parents who, um, well, let me go back. Awesome therapists. And one of those therapists told my parents, the hardest thing you're going to have to do is learn to sit on your hands and not do everything for her. Because I think naturally you want to help your kids. You want to, when you see them struggling, you want to just do it for them. But she said, don't do that. You know, help her when she needs help, obviously. But um don't just do everything for her. That's a, that would be a huge. And that's gotta be hard on parents too, to, to, to not to know, to be, to make you do it and not help you. You know, that's gotta be so hard. Right. I remember, you know, so I had very strong parents who, you know, I know they got ugly looks and comments from other parents cause they wouldn't help me with certain things, but they knew I could do it. Um, so they made me and I have one therapist who I remember I was in, preschool and I did not want to do my therapy. I did not want to do my work. And I remember they would bring a treat every day, like a brownie or a cookie or whatever. Yeah. And food is huge motivation for me still to this day. <laughs> um, but she started saying, well, you're not going to have your, your snack until you do your work. And then she started eating my snack and I'm watching her eat my brownie. <laughs> and finally I'm like, Oh that, yeah, that's not cool. I better do my work. So definitely strong therapists, strong parents. And I did have, um, one mentor growing up. Her name's Wendy and we're still friends today. Um, and she doesn't have arms. So I also had her help. Okay. I needed it. Yeah. And so what did she, was she born without them or did she lose them? You know, or how did that work? She was born without her arms. So that's all she knew. Right. So, I mean, you pretty much had a, she, you had a good mentor and that's, that's amazing as well. Well, so I guess what would be, so for everyone that's listening, watching, like, so what all do you do? I know you live your life, but what's the, I guess the, the most unique thing you can do with your feet? Um, besides what I've seen is drive. You drive, right? I do drive. I do everything. So pretty much everything you do with your hands, yeah. I do with my feet. There's very little I can't do. 
So so crazy. So your hair, your makeup, you you get dressed. Yeah, I mean, I can't put my hair up in a ponytail. Um, I haven't figured that one out. I, and I think that's just because I need longer toes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's very little I can't do. So pretty much anything you can imagine, anything that you do, I do it. So it's, it's interesting you say that, and they say that humans are supposed to be able to use their toes like their fingers, um, you know, but over thousands of years of, of being, you know, lazy and putting layers and layers, whether it be concrete or carpet or shoes or socks on over our feet, that we don't have access to those, you know, metrics anymore. But I just heard, it was funny because I just heard this like a month or two ago, um, a friend of mine is a physical therapist, and he was telling me, he's like, your feet, your feet suck. You're, you're putting weight on your feet wrong. And you need to start practicing like strengthening your toes because you should be able to move them independently like your fingers. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting because I've seen some videos like of you doing things like tasks, like cooking and stuff like that. It's insane to me how much functionality you have in your feet. Yeah. Well, I used to play the piano, I played the piano and the organ growing up and I used my feet for that. It's so um, not so great at that anymore because I haven't done it in years, but um, yeah. In fact, I, that kind of reminds me of, one time when I was checking my kids out of the kids club at the gym, signing, you know, signing them out. Yeah. One kid says, Hey, how come you're doing that? And I said, signing them out. I have to sign them out. And well, why are you using your toes? And I said, because I don't have hands. So I use my feet. And he, he thought for a second, he goes, Oh, so you're just like a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hmm, yeah, I guess I am. It's <laughs> funny. Well, like, so, I guess like what you have children, right? How many kids do you have? I have two boys. Okay. And how old are they? 24 and the youngest will be 20 in a few weeks. So how is it like raising children? And, you know, I guess that's all they knew, you know, but like, as far as dealing with, I'm sure the same thing you dealt with in the kids of their, you know, that they're, you know, growing up with and stuff. How does that, that affect you guys and them and all that? Um, Well, I used to go into their classes every year, at least when they were in elementary school, not when they got up to junior high, uh, because the kids did have so many questions and they would bombard my kids with their questions just day in and day out. So I would go into their classrooms at the beginning of the school year and talk to the kids, tell them what happened, answer all their questions, no matter how crazy they were, um, and tell them, hey, you know, if you have questions, when you see me, just ask me. Like, don't ask Jordan, don't ask Jared. They don't want to be bothered. Just, right. you know, ask me when you see me and I'll, I'll answer them for you. Well, and so growing up, you know, and raising them, was that a challenge? I mean, or is it something that come naturally? I mean, there was no really, no milestones you had to cross for that? Well, I mean, with my first one, there was, a, you know, a learning curve, I guess. Uh, but I think that's with any first time yeah. mom, anytime first time parent. Um, there's a lot of stuff you don't know, a lot of stuff you're learning. And Thankfully, I'm good at thinking out of the box and being creative, and so is my my mom and my therapist who ate my brownie every day. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I was still in contact with her, and so we kind of put our heads together and figured out some some things. That's awesome. You now you have um, you're also I'll talk about this a little bit. You got into the fitness, you know, into fitness and fitness competitions, and I've seen that you've had multiple competitions. Um, like that's a whole nother thing because. There's so many people that, I mean, and I'm, I'm sure you've heard this a million times, the people that complain about the smallest things in life and don't, you know, take things for granted. And then, and, and just like people that are into health and wellness and working out, like, 
being able to do that and become so physically fit and, you know, not having these is insane to me. So, you know, tell me about that journey and your fitness journey. How did you, when did you start getting into health and fitness, I guess? I kind of grew up in it. I mean, I used to go to the gym, watch my dad work out and, um, I was big into it when I was in high school. I used to do all the, uh, buns of steel, abs of steel, all the steel, (laughs) you know, I used to do all that. And I used to run, I was big into swimming. I grew up in sports, dance, soccer, swim team. Um, so kind of always was into that. And then, um, was after I had my first son, I I got my, um, alpha certification and started teaching aerobics. Okay. Uh, Mainly because we had some horrible subs in the classes that I loved. And I was like, oh, I can do better than this. So, so I got my certification and I started teaching. Um, and then I was a huge magazine junkie. I loved all the muscle and fitness, fitness, oxygen, all the magazines that were big back then. And I just wanted to be like those fitness girls, um, Susie Curry and Adela Garcia and, um, Kelly Ryan and, you know, maybe not so much today, but, um, yeah, I want to be like them. And so I, I, I wanted to compete and I kind of kept that to myself for a long time because I really doubted myself and thought, you know, I can't do all those things and I'll probably be disqualified and, you know, symmetry is a huge part of that and I don't have yeah I mean that's a- like my shoulders you can see they're not symmetrical and then all the scars on my legs and I'm like eh. so I doubted myself but I had a few good friends my trainer Jerry another friend at the time who said you could rock that you should do it you don't know unless you try you know I'm like yeah you know you're right I don't unless I try I don't know and I'd rather try and fail than you know when I'm 60 years old go, God, I wish I would have done that when I was young, <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't want to have regrets. So I thought I would try it. I'm like, I'm just going to do one, just try one show. So what year? I, I'm sorry. What year? Uh, this was back in my first show was in 2003. Okay. So in 2002, I called up our NPC chairman here in Arizona And I said, hey, you know, I really want to compete, but, you know, I don't have arms. I don't want to bust my butt to get ready for a show. And then, you know, I'm not allowed to compete. And he's like, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, I don't have arms. So I don't know if I'm going to be disqualified or whatever. And he... And I said, because I can't do some of the mandatories. I can't do a one-arm push-up and I can't do a straddle hold and a you know right. hold press and these things that are mandatory in the fitness routine. He's like, he's like, oh, you know, that's okay. There's a lot of people who they can't do those when they start. You, you know, you can build up your strength, you can practice and you'll get better. And I'm like, no, because you know in bodybuilding when you say someone doesn't have arms. Right. Usually you don't have muscle definition in your arms, right? Your arms are small. Your arms are weak, whatever. I'm like, no, 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 I I can't. Like you really, you have to have one arm to do a one arm push up. (laughs) He's like, no, but a lot of people can't do those when they start. You just have to, (laughs) this went on for, finally, I was like, oh my God, this dude. Um, And I finally said, no, you don't understand. My arms aren't small. They're not weak. I don't have any. I'm a bilateral amputee. 
Okay. There's not one arm there. Like they don't exist. And I remember I could pretty much hear his jaw drop. Yeah. You know, and it was silent for a few seconds. And he goes, well, I think you should compete. You know, I think that would open the door for some other people who, you know, could compete and, you know, they doubt themselves. And I think this was really encouraging and you'd motivate a lot of people. I definitely think you should come compete. And I, and I think you should come watch a few shows first. So you know what to expect. Um, he goes, but you know, you can never win. Okay. And right there, I was like, oh. You're doing yeah. it, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that just lit a fire under me. And I know he didn't mean it. I know him now and we're friends and he's cool. And I know right. he didn't necessarily mean that in a negative way. I think he was trying to just be realistic. Um, but one thing you don't do is tell me I can't do something <laughs> because I will spend my life proving you wrong. Um, in fact, I remember when I met him the first time, I went to the next show um, and I said, hey, I'm Barbie. We talked on the phone. I just want to thank you for your words of encouragement. Yeah. <laughs> I was being hard ass. But uh, he was like, oh, yeah, no problem, no problem. Like, oh, my God, this guy. Yeah. Um, so I did. And I remember the first time I went to compete, I remember all the looks and the stares. And I know people were just wondering, like, what the heck is she doing here? Right. You know? But I think after I performed my routine, it was like, oh, okay. She did okay. Maybe she does belong here. And, you know, I thought I was going to do one show. I just wanted to do one just to say I did it. But uh, here we are, however many years later, and I'm still doing it. So years. I'm, not doing, I'm not doing fitness anymore. Yeah, that was 2003, my first show. So 17 years. Yeah. Um, I'm not competing this year. but And last year, I just did figure. My, my well, body has no more fitness. Well, I did. <laughs> <laughs> my body says no. My hips say no. Hey, well, I mean, the fact that you did the first show and have continued to do it on and been such an inspiration to people, and you know, like, I'm sure I'm interested to hear, like, how, so how did the initially after that first show, how did the bodybuilding community accept, accept you? Did they or was it still kind of a pushback? Um, I don't know. I think some people accept it and some people still don't because obviously it's a physique competition and obviously my physique is different i don't have arms and my shoulders are not symmetrical and i've got scars all over my legs and so i get that but you know doesn't hurt to try and it's something that i love doing and it motivates me and it keeps me in shape and uh, gives me goals to focus on and and all i want to do is just do better each time you know and i think that's all any competitor can do is really just going and trying to do better than you did the last time. Of course, no, I agree. I'm, well, I'm I'm interested to know, like, so what was the? I guess what's the most, the hardest muscles for you to develop? Like, I would think for me offhand, I would think it would be your back muscles because your arms build up so much of that. So, I guess what's been the the, the hardest throughout all of that building specific muscles? You know, I really don't worry much about my upper body. My upper body tends to get super lean and. You can just kind of see the muscles there. But yeah, you're right. You use your arms to do shoulders and chest and back. And um, I think just the way I function every day, the way I do things, my back gets a lot of work anyway. Um, so and sometimes I will. I kind of I call it my back workout where I'll be maybe walk on the treadmill and I'll kind of go through the motions like I'm doing lat pull downs or rows or something. You know, and I know it's not the same, but, you know, just kind of 
Yeah, but it's a it's a mental it's thing. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, so what's the uh, what's been the most difficult exercise to date that you've ever done? I guess difficult exercise. Yeah, like one specific. Because I know we're gonna have a lot of fitness people on this thing too, and then I want to go to some other stuff as well. But I want to hit the health and fitness for for you know for a second. I don't know. Uh, difficult exercise. They're all. I don't know. Um, that's a hard question because I can't think of one that's like super difficult. Um, <laughs> well, that's good. Well, okay, you know, RDLs. I just cannot. Even though we try different ways to do those, um, yeah. I never that never quite hits me right. Mm-hmm. So, can you can you uh, elaborate on what that stands for so the people that are listening don't know? Uh, Romanian deadlifts. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to come uh, you to the mean. Yeah. So, yeah, those I just never, even though we've tried different modifications and different ways to do it, just, eh. Yeah. But, you know, that's okay. We don't need those. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's interesting to, you know, to be able to come up with specific, you know, alternatives to what normally you would use to build muscle groups for you specifically. I'm sure that's been, been a, a challenge as well. Fortunately, I've had some trainers. I haven't always used a trainer, but I've had a few that were great about thinking outside the box. And right now I'm working with one who she is freaking amazing. She always is thinking of different ways we can do different exercises. Um, and I love that. Like she doesn't underestimate me. She just says, Hey, we're going to try this today. Yeah. Well, what, what, so what's next for you? What's next for you in the fitness world? I don't know. I have no idea. Sometimes I think I don't want to compete anymore, but then other times I still do. I'm not going to be doing fitness anymore. Um, just because my hips are my right hip, especially it hurts. And so I'm just, I'm not going to push it. Like these legs and these hips are the only ones I have. They're only one. So I need to make sure I have them for the long haul. Um, I don't know. I've contemplated maybe, trying the wellness division because that is mostly that is lower body focused so um i don't know i may try that that was what i was going to try this year and then well you know this year's kind of been a it's been we're in (laughs) times right now that's for sure but uh, you know and when we talk about that like everyone i i I hate that everything that's happened is what has happened but i feel like it's brought a lot of us together and you know kind of honed in on what really matters and the fact that something like this has become more comfortable to where I can connect with you and you're not even in the same room with me is, is great too, you know? Right. And so you were talking about your hips, you thinking about that, like literally taking every single thing you do every single day and putting all the wear and tear there, because normally it's half of it there and half of it, your upper body or probably more 80% upper body, everything you're replacing it with. So I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure they do hurt. You know, I'm sure that's just yeah, because my hips are kind of like my hips and my shoulders in a way, yeah. you know? So yeah, they take a lot of, a lot of wear and tear. So I have to take care of them and stretch and get massage and, um, I was going for some dry needling and physical therapy. And so I just have to take good care of them. Yeah. Well, do you have, so do you have, what's one story that may stick out to you? Uh, someone who may have reached out to you and, you know, let you know your inspiration that that sticks with you on a daily that may help you drive, you know, you on days, you may not want to do something. Oh, I'm sure there's a lot. There's gotta be a lot. Uh, that's a hard one. Um, 
or just one of one of the the many that stick with you, I guess. Yeah. Well. Okay. So you found me because I was on Betty Pariso's page, and, and yes. when I when I competed, I remember the first year I competed at her show. Um, they had me come right back out as soon as I was done doing my fitness routines. You know, you're like, <gasps> <laughs> and, um, they want me to speak. And I was like, ah, like a deer in the headlights. You know, I'm like, first of all, I can't freaking breathe right now. Second of all, what do I say? I don't know. But um, the next year they had me come back. I was a little bit more prepared and I kind of challenged everyone and said, you know, I know there's a lot of people out there who maybe have wanted to compete before and you're scared to, or you, you know, you could be up here and you're just not for whatever reason, you know, I challenge you next year to be up here and compete with me next year. Um, it'll be fun. And, and why not? And so, um, I actually did get an email from a girl who kind of was going through some physical stuff and she wanted to compete too. And so the next year she did get up there and compete. And I thought that was really cool that I actually challenged them and someone took me up on it and she did get up there and compete the next year. Yeah. I mean, that's like direct in the room. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the fact that, you know, and not only just, you know, fitness and competition, like there's, there's so many things people take for granted and don't do because they think they can't do it. Are you kidding me? Like, look at you, look what you've done. Like, I mean, you've lived an entire life, raised two kids, you function and do everything that a normal person with two hands do. And then not only that, get on stage and, you know, develop muscle and physique, you know, physique to display, you know, that's crazy to me. Well, honestly, I'm a little crazy, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, well, on a, I guess on a more, a more a personal level, um, you know, what what are some things that kind of drive you on a daily basis that doesn't really have to do with health, health and fitness, but just living a, a you know a positive life? Because you seem like a really positive person, and is that you know sometimes that people develop that at some point in their life, and then others never get it, and then some always are that way, you know. So. Yeah. Well. I think that also goes back to the parents that I have because I was really a negative Nancy growing up. I mean, I had a bad attitude and I was very negative and I hated myself. And I mean, I used to pray every night that I just wouldn't wake up the next day because um, I hated myself that much. I hated being different that much. See, stuff like that is exactly what I want to hear because someone's going to hear this and feels that way. And I guarantee you this will make some kind of difference. Yeah, I hope so. Because, you know, it was, it was my mom who would say, you know, your attitude is what keeps people from being friends with you. People see that attitude. It's a bad attitude. Who wants to be around that? And if you can't love yourself, if you don't learn how to love yourself, how do you expect other people to love you? Yep. You know, and she would say, you can have a crappy attitude. You can be negative, but it's not going to bring your arms back. It's not going to change your situation. Yep. Um, and of course, I just used to roll my eyes at her and think, <laughs> like every kid does. Yeah, know. what if you know she's old or whatever? You know, kids think. Um, but she was right, and it took me till I was in college to realize that, yeah, God, you know what? I am, I am a cool person, even though I don't have arms, but I'm a cool person. And I kind of got to the point of, well, if you don't like the way I look, don't look at me. If you don't like how I'm doing something, don't watch me. Right. You know, if you have a problem with it, that's your problem, not my problem. So uh, in college, when, it, when, like, specifically, when did you make that mindset set shift? Do you remember? Pretty quickly when I was in college. I think I decided right away that 
I'm going to have to change. And yeah, probably I need to fix my attitude. And is it because you were more independent at that point a little bit? Maybe. So. Or is that- yeah, I think so. Um, Cause it, my parents weren't there. My- lean on, you know, a little bit maybe. Right. Yeah. Cause my parents were still in Texas and I was in Arizona. So, um, and my grandparents were four hours away. So yeah, I did have to be independent. Um, and I remember a week or two into college calling home crying because I wanted to come home. And they said, nope, <laughs> <laughs> we're staying. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think that was good for me. Well, what you, you said you, you were really athletic growing up. What was your, I guess, what was your favorite sport in high school? Swim team. That's really crazy to me. So how does that work? I mean, I know a lot of swimming is basically with your feet, but you know, like the arms make a difference too. Arms make a huge difference. And I didn't compete on swim team as I got older because when we were younger, I was one of the fastest ones. It was, it was all legs for me, you know, but then as we grew up and the kids got bigger and their arms got stronger and um, they were passing me up like crazy. So um, I still went to practices and I still swam all the time. I just didn't compete in the meets anymore. Um, But it's still something that I I just loved to do. In fact, I haven't done it in a while. And I swam at a friend's house like laps uh, a few weeks ago. And I was like, whew, I missed that. I need to do that some more. (laughs) What's uh, that? I guess I haven't seen, I don't even know if there's any footage out there of that, but like what's someone's initial reaction when they see that? Because it's so crazy to me that you're able to, and and you said you seemed like you were really effective doing it too. It's just crazy to think about. Yeah. I mean, I'm a good swimmer. I'm a strong swimmer. I'm just not as fast as people with arms now, but, um, at least not strong swimmers, you know, just a regular person. I could probably still kick their butts, but um, <laughs> you definitely beat me. Cause I'm not a great swimmer at all. But yeah. Uh, so, and even like friends that were there at the, this pool party I was at, you know, one of the, the guy that I'm talking to is like, man, I guess I've, I've never seen you swim. You're a really good swimmer. Yeah. Like, yeah, I am. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, another thing I guess I wanted to ask you is like, so what, what do you, you know, in, you know, through everything you've been through in life, you know, with all the adversity growing up, especially, I know that's the hardest part, you know, and then developing into having um, strong parents and to lean on as far as for words of encouragement and, you know, motivation, I guess, what, what are some of the things that you would say to any individual, any individual out there who's maybe struggling with anything, not necessarily you know, an amputee, but of course, you know, those as well, but someone who may just be just struggling with one little thing in life that may, you know, just, it's overwhelming them. Well, first of all, adversity is what makes us stronger. So, um, I don't think adversity is necessarily a bad thing. It's just how you choose to handle it. But, um, I mean, there's a lot of things we can't control. Like I can't control that my arms are gone. And I think people stress too much over things they can't control. So, you know, quit doing that, accept the situation for whatever the situation is, try to make the best of it. Try to, you know, I like to always find the silver lining when I can. And um, if it's something that they're like, they're in a situation like mine or, um, I also think if there's a will, there's a way, you know, I know that's kind of a cliche saying, but I think it's true. And, um, those cliches, those cliche sayings have a lot more meaning when it's someone 
who can, you know, deliver the message better. And I feel like you are. Well, good. Um, (laughs) Yeah, but when there's a will, there's a way. And, you know, there's a quote, I can't remember who said it, but you will not get a positive life from having a negative mind. So I think sometimes, and I think too, we, we hear all the things we tell ourselves. So, you know, when you're telling yourself, I'm no good, or I, like, if I, you know, like I used to just say I was ugly and I, you know, I was, you know, different and I, and I didn't like all the things about me and I would, my, myself heard those things. Yeah. That's horrible grammar, but, um, no, I know it makes complete sense. I, I heard all those things and you start to believe all those things. So I think you've got to have better self-talk, more positive self-talk. And I have to do that sometimes. I mean, I give them little pity parties once in a while and, and I think it's okay to do that. I think that's normal. That's human. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's okay to have those feelings and feel them, but then don't unpack and live there. Uh, move on, pick yourself up, tell yourself more positive things and move on. Yeah. I mean, I think you're, you're right. Because like when people, people beat themselves over everything. And it's funny, you said, you know, you, you hear what you say to yourself. Um, there's a big thing now where you'll hear if you get into any kind of motivation stuff or the business logic or fitness or whatever, um, where people are like, I manifested that to happen. I mean, and you think about that and it sounds almost like crazy and magical. It's like, come on now, really? But you're, you do, if you're constantly telling yourself you're going to do something and you have the energy to do it, I feel like you eventually will do it. You know, it's just, yeah. I mean, and so you can call it manifesting or call it staying on your own ass, make own yourself accountable, whatever it is you call it. Like, um, it really, there's something to that. Yeah. And the other thing that I think, and it's something that I've, it's a lesson I've learned before in life and I'm kind of learning it again right now is that attitude of gratitude. Yes. People talk about, um, because when you focus on the things that go wrong, that's what you see. But if you try to be grateful for everything and count your blessings, um, then those are the things you see. So. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. I think right now we're in a, in a state of, you know, we're always in a state of constant negativity, you know, especially like when you're, you're everyone's has their phone in their hand 24 seven, everyone's always on social media. And if you're constantly taking in negative, no matter if you mean to or not, but it's just in your feed, it does consume you. It does. It's kind of that garbage in garbage out. Yep. And you know, it's like, it can, even if you don't want it to, it just, it seems to just like keeping, keeping um, a positive network around you. Like, so I'm sure you do have a team of great friends and people you have to, you know, like, how is that? How does that work? Well, I mean, yeah, I think my friends are great because they see me for who I am. They don't see me for, you know, oh, she's the lady with no arms or whatever. Um, they see me for who I am and they accept me and they're always encouraging. Of course, they help me if I need help. Uh, but also sometimes I think not having arms reads out people I don't need in my life, you know, people are negative or even like in the dating world when I, you know, I've, you know, I remember being out at a country dance club one night years and years ago and I had on a tank top. I mean, I do live in Arizona. It's freaking hot, you yeah. know, when you're going dancing, it's hot. I had on a tank top and I remember this guy walking by saying, Oh, cover that shit up. We don't want to see that or something to that effect. And yeah. I just thought, you know what, it's, it weeds those kind of people out, 
you know, when I'm dating, I was dating a guy who he hated if I'd wear a tank top because people would stare at me. Really? He would. Yeah. And he, of course I always wore tank tops because he hated it. But um, (laughs) yeah. And I would say it doesn't matter what I wear. I could wear a turtleneck and long sleeves or short sleeves or no sleeves or it doesn't matter. People are going to stare at me. Yeah. So yeah, I think in that regard, it weeds those kind of people out. Obviously that's not someone I need in my life. Right. Right. (laughs) They can't even accept that. So yeah, I mean, I feel like your your self-confidence is evident, too, you know, because, you know, if you look you up online, you have multiple, you know, of course, being on being on the stage, you know, and showing it all, you know what I mean? Basically, like, you know, and then also you being able to do like style shoots and showing your imperfections like it takes a lot of a lot of confidence to do that. And that's a great thing. You know what I mean? Some people look down upon that. And I feel like when people do, it's because they have their own self you know, issues. Right. Well, I mean, we all have our flaws and imperfections and I'm no different. Mine are just some of mine are more obvious, but I mean, even the supermodels you see on the magazines, that's not real either. I mean, they've definitely got their flaws. They just, you know, crop them out and airbrush them and Photoshop all the stuff out, you know? Well, so what's, uh, what's, what's coming up for you? What are your plans in the next few years? Do you have anything that you haven't tackled um, with all the, everything you've done so far? You know, do you have anything that you're that's still kind of on your bucket list? Or ex- uh, I don't know. I, I still may try that wellness division. I don't know. Um, yeah. As far as fitness, everything else. Well, actually, the other night I was with friends. We're out for a birthday dinner and we were talking and I, I do skydiving. Really? And yeah. I love it. Tandem. Well, how many, well, how many, how many times have you done? I've gone six times now, six or seven. Okay. So you're and looking. so we were joking about the whole, um, um, the world record thing. Like, you know what? I probably am the only armless person who's skydived yeah. that many times. I should, we should call up these people and make it a record. <laughs> Do it. So uh, definitely something, you know. Something. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it's fun. I mean that. Yeah. I mean, hell, I, I hate heights. There's no way you're getting me in the airplane and jumping out of it. I'll get an airplane, but I'm not jumping. Like so, you know. Hats off to you for that for sure. Um, it's fun. I love it. To me, it's just <laughs> I'm way up there in the airplane. To me, that's when I'm at my most calm and peaceful and kind of just get in my head and yeah. with my thoughts. And then I don't know when we jump, it's like for a split second, you feel like you're falling, but then you just feel like you're floating and I love it. Yeah. That's yeah. Keep, keep doing that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch you. I'm not doing it. <laughs> Have you had an opportunity to work with any, um, any children or anything that may, you know, be amputees, um, not necessarily arms, but anything. Cause I feel like it's, you know, being an inspiration, no matter what limb it may be, is a big deal to someone in that position. Absolutely. In fact, um, I'm involved with a nonprofit group called Nub Ability. Like instead of disability or ability, it's Nub because like this is my Nub, right? So any amputees or even if they were born that way, we call them our Nubs. Um, NubAbility.org. And um, it is a sports camp for limb different children. And we have, I think we're up to like 21 different sports that we coach now. And all of our head coaches have either um, succeeded at the collegiate level or higher. Um, and we have 
hundreds and hundreds of kids who we've reached all over the world. And um, it's awesome because we get to work with them with not only sports, but daily life activities. And we keep in contact with them throughout the year, not just at camp and encourage them and help them with whatever they need help with. And that's, that's an awesome experience. I mean, the first year that I did that, I, I was scared. And then the first night I thought, Oh God, what did I get myself into? Yeah. Um, but by the time I left, I was like, I couldn't wait to come back next year and do it again. And I, I think those kids, I think we're there to help them and change their lives. But I really think those kids touch us and change us yeah, too. And so, um, yeah, I love the camp is something I love. And if ever want to look into, um, look, look, just look them up online. They're awesome. Oh, definitely. I want everyone to hear this. So it's nubability.org. So we'll definitely put that out there. When I put this episode out, I'll also put a link to that. And, um, but, and can anyone donate on there as well? I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. They definitely need donors whenever possible. Um, volunteers at camps and we have, usually we have a huge summer camp. It's in a little town called Ducoin, Illinois. Um, and it's, that's our big all sports camp. So it's all the sports and it is from Wednesday to Sunday. Um, it's exhausting, but so <laughs> worth it. Uh, but they also have mini camps all over the country um, that focus on one or two sports. So um, yeah, volunteers are always welcomed and donations are always welcomed and um come out and see what it's all about. It's amazing. Like the, you will fall in love with the kids for sure. Well, I definitely, um, I did. So normally I get my, uh, my guests a gift, you know, for my, for being on my show and I really had no idea what to get you. So I definitely want to make a donation to that, you know, organization, if that's okay. Um, and before, before we close out and like I said, I want to appreciate you coming on again today. Like, do you have any, any, any final thoughts, anything that, you know, anything you may want to plug that you have going on? Um, anything that you may need to say that someone needs to hear anything like that? Oh gosh. Now you're putting me on the spot. I don't know. I think we've pretty much covered everything about being positive and not, you know, focusing on the negatives and yeah. being grateful and not stressing over the things you can't control. I, I mean, I think we've covered a lot of that. Um, yeah. I mean, if you need a kick in the pants, call me. I'll, I'll <laughs> encourage you. I'll, <laughs> I'll yeah. do what I got to do. <laughs> Um, so are you active, you know, are you active right now on any social platforms? Do you do anything on YouTube? I know you have a YouTube channel. Um, you have a yeah, I don't anything on YouTube and so it's so sporadic. I'm, I'm not good like you of doing it regularly. <laughs> like, the industry, so that's oh yeah, I should put that on my YouTube channel. And it's like, I haven't posted anything. In well, hey, if you need help with that, you call me and I'll kick you in your ass on that. Yeah, I know. I need to be better at that. Um, I was for a while. Um, putting some of my poll skills on there because that seems to be... Oh, I saw that. Let's talk about that real quick. So you're doing that for, for exercise and that's that's a whole other thing in itself. Yeah, it's just fun. It's a challenge and something I've been doing for a couple of years now. But um, yeah, so sometimes I'll post workout videos up on YouTube and then I forget for years to do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> it happens though. But you just got to remember that um, every time you do that, somebody needed to see it. I feel like if that one little nugget I can give you <laughs> is that if every time you don't think it's cool to post or not to worry about it, I guarantee you there's somebody out there that needs to see it today. Yeah, and that's why I don't sometimes. Like, oh my God, how many times do people want to see me do sit up like, on a pole? Or how many times do people want to see me doing every time you squat, do whatever? It's, you know, but. Someone different looking every time too. You know, it's always the same people. That's true. 
and especially after we launch this and we get another following, you know, you know, and stuff like that. I, I feel like that now's the time to engage, you know, and um, you're the perfect person to do it. Okay, I'll start getting my trainer actually to do more videos and I'll, yeah, I'll try to put hey. them on. Sometimes they're on Instagram too. So, do you have an Instagram? Because I couldn't find your. Uh, what's hey, your? But I, my page is not public, and okay. same thing with Facebook. I'm just and, and since since Betty posted that thing, I've gotten so many friend requests, and I'm just not adding. If I don't know you, I understand. Like I, I had five thousand friends at one time, and I recently right. just deleted. Mm -hmm. almost 4,700 people because yeah. I'm like, I don't know these people. I don't interact with these people on a day. I'm, I'm tired of all this. I'm not seeing people's stuff, people who I actually do know. I understand. So, I understand. So I'm like purposely not adding people and not accepting people. So, and especially on Instagram, I get so many people who they don't even have a picture up themselves and they have zero yeah. posts. I'm like, are you kidding me? No, I'm not. You're not following me. <laughs> Probably a tweet. Well, that's cool. I'll just, I'll just, I've been rough for now. I've been using your hashtag, so I'll just put it out there. And you know, it's, it's a uh, fitness unarmed, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know I need to go on and fix my website. Something happened with it and there's a lot not working on it. I need to, that's something I do need to do. Also. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hey, um, so I wanted to thank you again today for coming on and, um, everyone, like, I'm sure there's so much more we can talk about and I may have to get back with you again, but um, I really think this is great. And, um, you know, I think there's a lot of people out there that need to, to know about things like this and to also, to, you know, to hear it from you, you know, right. to, to be able to see that even though you went through something so detrimental to not only, you know, your, your well being, but also your life right. and be able to overcome that and just flourish. Well, the mind is a powerful thing. That's for sure. Yeah. All right, everyone. Well, thanks again for coming on, Barbie. Welcome. Everyone, subscribe to the podcast.